Hello Doctor Who fans, wherever you may be in the world, welcome to another very special podcast of Who Corner to Corner. My name is Paul and I'm joined as usual by my good friend, Mr Jeff. How are you Jeff? You alright? Yeah, I'm very good. How are you tonight? Excellent. Yes, I'm excited. I'm very excited because we are talking about what is probably going to be, or what probably is, actually my favourite aspects of this whole crazy show, which we like to call Doctor Who, which is actually called Doctor Who. <laughs> but we are going to be talking tonight <laughs> we might like, about... <laughs> we might like to call it that, but it is actually like called call that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. But I'm very excited because we are talking all about Doctor Who books of which you may see i have uh, i have multiples yes so there, there, there's quite a few shelves I've... and boxes full of and, them. and the floor and as the well floor. <laughs> yeah the floor is not usual it's only because i pulled a whole load off to make sure that i talk about a few specific titles tonight in my excitement so if this goes on for literally 24 hours um then that's a lot of editing you're gonna have to do my friend jeff has all the editing skills i i, I don't i'm just a kind of a freeloader really jeff does all the work on this he, he, he actually honestly does <laughs> you do mate don't you, you do a lot uh, of stuff you've on done this, one, you know. one or two of them you are the one with the skills yeah huh? you've done one or two of the edits yeah, only only one or two of the better ones. Though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's of course. Yeah, to, yeah. You, know. you, you do the kind of majority of the sort of mass market yeah. type ones that yeah. we do. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. So yeah, we thought it's a great idea if we do, if we talked to about uh, Doctor Who books, and I think you know, I think um, Doctor Who books. This for me is where the whole universe of Doctor Who and all the crazy ideas and all the wonderful worlds and fantastical things that we see on the TV show really take flight in the imagination because as we all know the TV show especially in the old days was very much constrained by um, technology and budget mm. and time and all kinds of other things that's no slight against the creativity of anyone who's involved because to be honest one of the biggest draws of Doctor Who is how creative the creatives have been with very little resources and time to to use them and money to buy them and build them and all that sort yeah. of stuff but of course in the novels there's no such constraints it's all in the words of the writer and it's all in the imagination of the reader and uh, I don't know about you Jeff but when I started reading Doctor Who books I was very very young indeed so it was centuries ago and I I literally would lift off within those pages and take flight among the stars and the various planets contained within there you go that's as nostalgic as I'm going to get yeah. well um and and also I think you know the the, the book uh, the book division of of Doctor Who the book has been division. So, you make that sound like it's some kind of I don't know militaristic or corporate. You know, it's you know, a bit corporate, isn't it? You know, uh, temp <laughs> it's like a secret yeah, organization, some sort of temporal agency that that we've forgotten about. Um, but you know, with the uh, you know the show in in the old days mm. when. Um, uh, you know, an episode would air. That that would be it. You wouldn't be able to see it again. And so, when the Target novels and stuff started to come out and take off, that was really the only way to kind of quote unquote oh, see yeah. something, wasn't it? At, at one it was. point, and yeah, yeah. you know, it, I did a little bit of research for um, you know this mm. podcast and just the the sheer number. Wait, of you did books. research? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Shit. only for like a minute. Do Doctor <laughs> Who well, books, no. Google. You know, um, but there's just <laughs> so many and. 
you know, there's other shows like I used to read uh, the novels, mm. tie novels for like Buffy and Angel and stuff, and you'd get a handful of them, but nothing compared to to what we get for Doctor Who, and and nothing not compared, even just, nothing like it. No, and that's not even just like. Of course, there'll be more because even if every doctor mm. only had a couple of books each, but each doctor has loads of books, and and, yeah. and they're still you know coming out with with them. So they're still um, chugging them out. Still, still doing them. So for me, um, I didn't really start reading them until mm. uh, the series came back with Christopher Eccleston, and I was visiting my cousin um, in Leicester actually, and we we went to a bookshop, and yeah. they had the the first three of the new series books there, and I picked up I think. Um, Stealers of Dreams, I think it was, um, and uh, I read it in like two days or something. Um, and I, th- I think the series had finished by that point. Um, which ones you got there? I've got. I was just holding up a couple of books. The monsters no, it inside. No, it wasn't, no, that it wasn't that one? Winner takes all. No. It, I think it was called Steelers of Dreams. Let me Google it. Ah, oh, that's a different one. Then. These, is, these are the first three that, that came out of those. Was it, was it? Yeah, Steelers of Dreams. Yeah, that was the other one. Of sorry, mate, I interrupted first. you there. No, sorry. And I, I just I thought it, I really liked this, and it was really good. And then I bought a couple of the Tenth Doctor mm. ones when they came out. And then uh, every new series, I looked forward to this, you know, the trio of books that they put out. And, and then, you know, as the show went on, I kind of... You know, yeah. start buying more books and more and more, and you know, I've got a shelf in the in the living room with some of my favourites on. I've got a shelf in a in a uh, cupboard in the uh, conservatory with more books in. I've got a uh, <laughs> storage box in the loft <laughs> with more. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got quite a few. So yeah, I I, th- I thought when we were chucking around ideas for up- upcoming podcasts, I said to Paul, why don't we talk about some of our favourite books? And um, we put out a tweet, didn't we, which has had a yeah. quite a good response from people. So, it's yeah, a I've, I've, yeah. It, really good, yeah. It shows that, um, you know, many other people are as into the books as, as mm. we are. So, yeah, I've got um, uh, a, a, a list of, I mean, I, I had to be somewhat... Um, Restrained with it because, yeah. <laughs> as I'm sure you were, because it could have been an awful lot of, of books otherwise. So this, I broke mine down into kind of mm. new series books, um, kind of you know making of reference books and stuff like that, okay. and then some of the comics as well. Um, because I, I'm not uh, as au fait with the, with the targets as you are, so um, that'd be kind of well. That's all right because I'm not as au fait with a lot of the newer titles that that. Well, that's that's so between what, us, we should I be able thought. to have a, yeah. a good coverage. Yeah. I would say. So, um, why don't I? Um, we, why don't we take it in turns to sort of talk on a on a. Topic? Go on then. So, let's do that. Um, yes, because I've I've arranged my titles in a slightly different way, okay. and I think between the two of us, this will work out. So, mine are about books which bring back specific memories or which mean something more than the book itself, yeah, if you like. So, so once you've intellectualised it again, and yeah, I've I just come out with a list of stories that are good. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. That's okay. We can <laughs> we can do that. Well, I'll start with some new series books, and I'll um, I'll alternate right, yeah. them between between doctors. It. So, um, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about tenth Doctor first, um, mm-hmm. and, and then and then you can talk, and then I'll talk. So, um, the, the tenth Doctor had um, still has, I think, the largest number of uh, tie-in books of, of any of the Doctors um, of certainly of the modern uh, right. era. Anyway, yes. obviously, you know. Tom Baker's had, you know, X number of years more for, for books to be, you know, written in. Um, and uh, 
the there's one called the Stone Rose, which is quite well known for. I think oh. it's the highest selling <clears throat> Doctor Who book of, of any of any title. Uh, mm. well, it certainly was at, at the time, anyway. Um, so that that is a really good book. Um, but one of my favourites is one called Forever Autumn, which is the Tenth Doctor and oh. Martha. And I, th- I might have mentioned it to you before. And um, this, I, I'm quite partial to uh, kind of a spooky uh, Doctor Who, uh, which you tend to get more mm. of on Big Finish, uh, uh, I think, really. Um, but in this one, uh, the front cover of the book's got a sort of big spooky-looking pumpkin and, you know, yeah, village and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they, they, the TARDIS takes them to this uh, town where some kids have found a, a book buried beneath the roots of a tree. <coughs> and then it starts to sort of bring... Uh, like you know, mist all over mm. the town, and uh, it all starts to get a bit a bit spooky. And then you know, obviously, the Doctor gets involved, and you discover there's kind of a bit more. You know, it's not, of course, just you know, it's not ghosts, of course. You know, um, but it was really good. Um, and yeah. and um, the the pairing between Ten and, and Martha was really nicely done in it as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, really liked the the spooky vibes. If anyone out there is listening wants a bit of Tenth Doctor action and a little That's bit a good and, one, and or a bit of spook. Uh, you know, go for that one. Um, and there's another one which is called Prisoner of the Daleks. Um, oh, which that's is one. quite well, uh, well, well liked. I think. I don't. I think I've seen a lot of good positive stuff about that one. Yes, um, in fact, uh, our friend Aiden, uh, who's Aiden CG zero one, um, he tweeted us in response to. Uh, our book tweet he says i love the annuals growing up i always used to get them as mm. christmas presents from mum and dad my favorite novels are sting of the zygons and prisoner of the daleks i think they're brilliant um so prisoner of the daleks is is 10 on his own and um I, i'm assuming it fits into his post uh, series mm. four timeline but he's he somehow ended up on a dalek ship um as a prisoner um, and uh, I'll be honest, I, I can't remember all the exact ins and outs of the story, but it, it was really good, um, which <laughs> probably doesn't kind of sell it brilliantly. I can't remember it. It was but really I good. Like it. Um, but it, it showed a sort of different side to him, and I, and I remember thinking this, this would have made for a great episode, and, you know, it would have been a, a companion light episode, um, yeah. you know, because it's, it's just him, and he, he's in the cell for a lot of it. Um, but it was, it was a really uh, cracking book um and they did also mention their sting of the zygons which is 10 and martha again and it was the first if, well uh, i'm pretty sure i'm correct this was the first um appearance so to speak of the mm. zygons in the new series oh, okay um and uh, uh it was quite a good kind of 19 19- 30 set kind of uh, you know countryside sort of adventure with, with the Zygons in so yeah if you're a Zygons fan uh, which which that's, I always quite like that little that's the one to go suckers. for yeah it's a, it's a good one yeah so I picked out a couple of um, Ten and Martha books there but but also there's there's brilliant ones mm. with Rose like the Stone Rose that I mentioned uh, a Feast of the Drowned which is to do with um, uh, an old uh, war uh, ship in the Thames and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of really good ones with, with Donna as well, um, like Beautiful Chaos. Um, so, the, you know, I've read these a long time ago, so like I said, I, I don't remember all the kind of exact ins and outs, <laughs> but these are ones that I remember, you know, they've stuck in my head. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and some of them, like uh, Prisoner of the Daleks and Forever Autumn, I've, I've read twice. So there was another one with Ten and Rose, yeah. which was called um, The Nightmare of Black Island. 
And this was another sort of uh, slightly spooky one, which kind of reminded me a little bit of horror of Fang Rock in a way. So um, ten yeah, rows yeah. go to um, I think it's I think it's in Wales, and a, and a fisherman has been uh, killed by something under the water, mm-hmm. um, and and there's nightmares plaguing everyone, and you know yeah. uh, all this this sort of monsters and, and stuff like that, and um, uh, it, it sort of yeah. It's it's creepy and tense and um, you know a, a bit unsettling. So that that was another favourite as well. So that that's my selection of ten books done. Mm, that's good. I, I I don't think I've read any any ten books. I've got a I've got a couple down here, but I haven't haven't actually picked them up. Although since you mentioned the Stone Rose, I um I had that as a freebie in a paper, a, an an audio like an audio yes. book taster. Yeah, <coughs> I don't I've, think it's a paper got... I got, but someone had, had like given it to me or something. Say you yeah. like Doctor Who, don't you, Paul? And I'm like, yeah, it's all right, you know. So they they sent me this this uh, uh, CD that they got free with their Sunday. That's right. I think it was um, yeah. One of the papers did did them. I think they gave away um, Ring of Steel, which is a eleventh Doctor one painful. where. Um, yeah, yeah, sequel to the Johnny Cash song "Ring of Fire," uh, um, and that's set in the Outer Hebrides, and the um, ele- electricity uh, pylons kind of I think they come okay. come to life or something. Um, and I've also got the audio book of "Feast of the Drowned," which I think yeah. came with the Radio Times. Um, maybe you had to get a token and send away. Oh, for maybe it it's Radio Times. Yeah, they they did a couple of them. With. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think you're right because I remember um, when when does Radio Times come out on a Tuesday or something, isn't it? And I'd been oh. to a, see a gig one night in London, yeah. and I said to my friend who was with us, sort of, I want to stop at a garage for for a drink. Yeah, I also Times. need to see if Radio got, Times has come out CD this this late <laughs> at night. Yeah, um, and unfortunately he didn't uh, look down on me for didn't. for wanting to do no. that. No, but yeah, I remember you said you hadn't read many uh, of the new series adventures, and um, you know they're they're designed to to be kind of you know f- for people of of our age and and you know teens and younger as well. So you know they're not kind of hugely. Um, you know, complex or in depth or anything, but they, no, no. you know, to yeah. be honest, I've not read read one that was that was bad at all, um, and and I've enjoyed all of them. Just yeah. you know, some are stuck in my head, you know, more than more others. Than others. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, yeah. this this selection I've written here is, um, you know, uh, I thought I'll just chuck out a couple rather than you know loads of them, um, or else we'll be here for twenty four hours. <laughs> um, but they're, they're definitely worth looking at, mm. and um, you know, I, th- I think you'd. Uh, You'd enjoy them. I know you're a Target fan, um, but uh, these are these are good as well. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yes, you're right. I, I am a Target that's, fan. That's because, inadvertently come out. That, <laughs> you're a Target snob. You're a Target <laughs> fan. You're out here. I see you a lot coming a mile yeah, you, off. You, you, you smell the, the new series see books. You. <laughs> you're in your, your Mark Gatiss stuff and you yeah, you, you think you're better than everyone else, don't you? Because you like your targets. No, it's not like that at all. Is no, it? it's no. not, but you know, they, they are special to me because you you said it earlier, Jeff, when talking about the target novels. That in the old days, it was the only way to see a, an earlier Doctor Who story or mm. watch one again that you'd seen, and you know, because there weren't that many repeats back then, and there was no iPlayer, as you well know. We didn't have iPlayer yep. or, or anything like that, or even videos were expensive. No. So. And, and actually, for a lot of those stories, it was the first time I ever encountered them. So The Three Doctors, when I read that novel, was the first time I'd basically 
you know, come across that story, yeah, you know, yeah. picking it up from the library and seeing the image of three doctors on the cover with their, you know, with their Omega's hands ripping off mm. that Fantastic Four cover and the Auton invasion, you know, all of those things. And I used to get these things from the library. And it was the only, the only thing I ever used to go to the library for. Occasionally, I'd pick up some other sort of sci-fi type book, like, um, I think, the Tripods was one that I read about that same sort of time, sort of, uh, was it John Christopher and uh, a few of those sort of things, but it was mostly Doctor Who books, and they all seemed to have, like, a good refresh of titles, so although they were the same ones and again and again, and I would still read the same ones even if I'd read them again and again, so The Android Invasion was one I'd, I'd read tons of times. Planet of the Spiders was one of my earliest favourites from the library. I absolutely loved it. And it was really weird because I used to imagine that there's 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 a bit in that story where Sarah Jane is on Metabilis and she's kind of been hidden in one of the villagers' houses. And I used to imagine um that it was actually in a in a house that was a bit like my house. Right. So and and that she and the reason she's been hidden is because there's a procession of uh, spiders, giant spiders, and their slaves being being trundled down this high street, looking for Sarah Jane specifically, and she's hidden. She's squirreled out the back. And again, I used to imagine that this procession of giant spiders was being brought down my street. So it had a really weird kind of immediacy to it. And I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I eventually got around to watching the story on UK Gold <laughs> in the nineties, and it wasn't my street at all. It was a rather crappy looking studio. But see, and and that's what I mean about how these things take flight in your imagination. They become mm you know either bizarre flights of fantasy or they become more immediate they become part of your world and and you know i was reading from a really young age my mum told me when she came down to visit a couple of weeks ago she said oh you were reading at four-year-old you were teaching really? others at, at four you know which I'm, I'm not sure is entirely true i'm not sure it's entirely true true but you know it's a nice thing to know yeah, but the reason yeah. i was an early reader was because i just loved doctor who books yeah. And I just wanted to read more and more of them. So, well, you know, when we spoke those... to um, Steve Cole, he said very similar, didn't he? You know, Doctor yeah, Who exactly. got, got him in, yeah, yeah. into reading. Yeah. And when I, uh, I used to watch Doctor Who, you know, as I said on the podcast before with McCoy, mm. and um, but I, but I didn't know anything about any of the books in until you know it came back with with Eccleston, and then I kind of discovered the oh, new right. series yeah. books, and then some years later, you know, the sort of found out about Target ones and stuff. So my you know, book experience to yours has, mm. has been based on, um, you know, expanding the world on screen, whereas yours was more, you know... Sh- it it you was know, the world. It was in, the in world, the early yeah, showing days. you the world on yeah. screen that you Occasionally you I'd see. watch it on the telly, but mostly yeah. I would be reading some of, some of the, you know, the Terence Dix books and mm. Malcolm Holcomb and what have you. Those were my earliest real memories of, of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um so do you want to talk about a couple of favourites there or shall I go back to the 11th Doctor books now we can talk about a couple of favourites I will tell you okay. one of my favourites <clears throat> I, I dug this one out especially you see that that Doctor is the Day of the Daleks the Day of the Daleks yeah, which is I the first o- one I Ogre actually on owned is yeah, it? it is, a, it is an Ogre is, is, that, yeah. is that the um, the copy the first, you know, the one you originally owned or was yeah, that yeah it is. it is I'll tell you for why right? it's, it's, it's in pretty it's good nick Oh, it's, it is okay, mate. All all my stories are in decent uh, books. Are in very good nick. You would not <laughs> know that most of them are. Um, but look, actually, I say that 
if you look at that page there, right? Uh, it's a shame we don't do this on video, but I'm, I'm yeah. showing Jeff the, the, the fly page in the, in oh, the, the, in the, the book. the collection. That has a list uh, of all list. Doctor Who target yeah. titles, and I've got little ticks. There's some ticks, against yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> and you see there it has a little number one. Yeah. There you go. So I didn't actually start numbering them until I was probably, I don't know, 70 or so in. Maybe not as many as that, actually. Maybe it was only 20. But um, then I, because I, 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 I used to lay them out. In, in the order in which I bought them. So that was my first one. My second one was The Brain and Morbius. And so, I had, so one and two were quite easy to remember. But as, the, as my collection built up, I couldn't yeah. remember where we kind of went after that. So yeah. I thought it's probably a good idea to start numbering them. So I, so I did. <laughs> so each of, But then, then there was a point. Um, we can see it with that one. But, <clears throat> but there, there came a point when actually um, Target started numbering them themselves. So you see that uh, this is yeah, what's that yeah. mysterious planet, which is number yeah. one twenty-seven. Um, and if I if I look in it, oh, I'd actually stop doing it. Then. I, I stopped numbering them because my numbering system caught up to Target's numbering system. Right. So by the time I'd reached whatever it was, it was probably around a hundred or so. Then I'd thought, oh, well, there's no point now because they've already numbered them for me. That's very <laughs> considerate of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's great. That is. <laughs> but no, Day of the Daleks is is really special because it was the first one I'd owned. Um, you know, my my dad bought it for me when uh, when we went on a, a long car journey. I say long; it was probably only a couple of hours or so, to be fair. But you know, it's like when you're a kid. Mm any time spent in the car is a long long time and me and my sister were both getting really really bored in the back and probably started trying to kill each other so my dad went to fill up the car with some um with, with some very heavily leaded petrol because this <laughs> would have been the very early 80s yeah. and um yeah and and came back with with uh, Doctor Who and the Day of the Daleks for me and a, a book for my sister which I can't remember but I I, I read that on, on for, for the rest of the car journey, I read it when we got to where we were going, and as soon as I finished it, I sort of digested it, and then I started reading it again, yeah, yeah. and I read it again and again and again. I don't know how many times I've read this, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I, I mean, I haven't read it for for decades now, but yeah. the more I talk about it, the more I, I think I'm going to read it again. You, you want to read it? I, it's, it's brilliant, and, and it's it's actually a really really good story. <laughs> you know, it's it's very time twisty it's, it's got a brilliant sort of twist in the tale and it's and it's full of terence dix's usual kind of exciting dramatic flourishes and little embellishments that aren't there in the tv stories mm. there's a few name changes and things like that but and again because part of it takes um uh, takes place in 22nd century earth in a, in a very kind of uh, fascistic dalek ruled society yeah. um again in my head this was this was something really magnificently dystopian and mm. and vast and huge and again when i saw it on the tv it, it it didn't quite feel like that it felt like it was you know all of that happened outside the studio it was all kind of hinted yeah. at but in the novel we see it yeah. you know and the people who the gorillas from the future they experienced it they're trying to stop that and the whole idea of going back into the past to stop the miserable existence that you're having now it just it, it just blew my mind honestly i thought it was the best ever doctor who story yeah, in yeah. the whole wide world <laughs> and i i couldn't stop reading it at least until i i my granddad then got me the brains the brain of morbius which again i i just read and yeah. a lot of those target books i've read a lot you know I, i've just read them once or twice a lot of them have been read many many times over the years my dear boy yes and it's it's really i like it that you've got very specific memories of them of you know people buying them for for you and you know where you were when you got them and stuff <laughs> like that as well i do it's it's very important because there's a whole bunch of um 
of other ones. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So, uh, where's the Eventually, right, when I became a bit of a target connoisseur, right, the paperbacks weren't always enough. If I saved up enough pocket money, I could go up to London, I could buy a hardback one. Ooh. And when I saw this, so this is Planet of the Spiders with the original yeah. um, Chris Achilleos cover. Now this says, if I look on the inside of this, right, it reckons it is, um, it's, it's the original 1975 edition and there's no other dates after that, but it was in. I mean, I probably bought this in 1985, and it was straight right. off the book off the bookshelf, and it was brand spanking new. Really, and this has been hiding in the back of my bookshelf to keep it away from from sunlight. But this, yeah. you know, remember when I said you know, Planet of the Spiders was was really special because I imagined it was in my street when it happened. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it, it, the cover itself had a real sort of nostalgia to it, an, evoc an, mm. an evocative feeling that I just wanted to own on my bookshelf. So it was a story, I'd, a book I'd got from the library countless times. I'd already had the paperback target version, which was a, I think it was an Andrew Skilleter cover with the, just a big giant blue crystal and a spider on it kind of in space, which to me didn't quite have the character that the Achilles yeah. cover had. So I really wanted that Achilles cover. And when I saw it in foils in Tottenham Court Road, when I used yeah, to I bunk off school mean, yeah. there on occasion, and uh, you know, I, I snapped it up. Same with you know things like you know the Twin Dilemma, um, yeah. Time of the Rani. I've got um, the first edition of, and again because these are you know hardback, they they're just a little bit more more long lasting. I don't have a huge amount of hardback. Target or WH I don't Allen think I knew they made them in, in hardback. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what the libraries had. The libraries had oh, mostly right. hardbacks with, uh, with the occasional really grotty, snot filled paperback, which yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really want to touch. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the hardbacks, yeah, they, they were in all the libraries. And, um, and, and there was only one shop. I mean, I was quite lucky because I, I lived in South London at the time and I could just quite happily jump on the Northern Line. And, uh, and and just right up to Tottenham Court Road. I'd usually go to Virgin Megastore and knock mm. around a bit and, you know, just kind of pop into foils, which just had the most, the biggest selection of, of Doctor Who books from anywhere. You, you know, I, I, I would go to a WH Smiths or something trying to figure out. that I, I had about half a dozen WH Smiths, maybe three key ones. Um, there was one in Croydon, which was close to where I lived. There was one in Wimbledon, which I could get in on my way home from school. So I used to go to school in Fulham in West London. So I'd either jump on a, jump on a tube train down to Wimbledon, then get the bus home, or I would uh, just get another bus and go a different way. But there was, there was Wimbledon, there was Putney, and as I said, there was there was Croydon and those three W H Smiths. If there wasn't one book in one, it might be in the other, or it may, you know what I mean. And but some, but it got to a point where they never had anything new, and the actual yeah. range was it just seemed to be dwindling. So so the only place I could really get those last few titles I didn't own was uh, was Foils in Tottenham Court Road. Well, you know, it's it's a bit like that still now uh, in, in a way for the sort of books that we get I mean I wouldn't mm. even I wouldn't say that now you know Doctor Who or, or kind of you know I like film art books and making of books I wouldn't say they're particularly niche but every time I go to our local Waterstones it, you know you'd think they're they hard to find well yeah you'd think they stopped yeah. making films five yeah, years I, ago I haven't seen a Doctor Who no. book I haven't seen no. a Doctor Who book in Waterstones for a, for a long, no, long time, they, to They be don't have them. And um, so, you know, really the only way to get stuff, mm. like, easily is, is Amazon or, you know, book depository mm. or something. But a bit like you, um, in my summer holidays when I was at college and stuff and uni, 
uh, I used to go up to London once in the summer holidays. So I'd, I'd take the train up to uh, uh, Waterloo and then I'd get the underground stuff and I would go to um, Leicester Square and I would walk to uh, the cinema store and have a look through in there. And then there was another shop uh, that, that you know used to sell film posters and stuff like that. And then Forbidden Planet when it had its, its oh, smaller yeah. uh, mm. branch, which was... I can't remember where that was, but then then they've moved to the bigger one, Shaftesbury mm. Avenue. And I used to, you know, after doing this for a couple of years, you know, I used to know the route without needing my map and stuff. Like yeah. that. And I'd go up <laughs> it's and I'd, I'd go and have it. a look, you know, because I couldn't get <laughs> yeah. anything like that, you know, back up back where I lived, you know, yeah. and to go and buy film posters and stuff. And you know, then eventually places came online where you could buy film posters yeah, and get yeah, shipped, yeah. shipped to you. Ah, see, I was I was a long way before anything was online there, mate. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, you know, it might. I mean, I was I was a teenager in 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 the eighties, sort of mid eighties onwards, so. Yeah, it was, that was way before we had internet or anything, or at least before we were allowed to use it. So, yeah. but this so was, we had to hunt, well, it, hunt really, it down you know, physically. Yeah. Kids these yeah. days, they don't know they're born. They've got it no. all easy. Just no, press a button on their phone and oh, here yeah. it comes. I don't yeah. know. It's instant or the next day. God, yeah. if we had that when I was a kid, I would have been unstoppable. I would have been spending my mum and dad's credit card like you wouldn't believe, yeah. honestly. I think yeah. kids stay very yeah. restrained to, yes. to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so easy to get stuff, isn't it? You yeah, know it is, just even now, you know, I can surreptitiously just just look at something and say, "Oh, I'll just add that to my basket." You know. Yeah, you know. Well, Life if I stop buying um, buying big finish CDs, I can buy as many digitals as I want. Exactly. Yeah, that's you know? it. Yeah, just, just download. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And it's terrible. It's actually worse now because you know now now being an adult, you know, I, I've got a job. So mm, I earned money. Much time. Right? Yeah. When I was yeah. a kid, I had to, I had to like scrounge money. You know, I'd yeah. save up, did but money, go, thing, starve myself for a few yeah. days, or eat my you've, you've my mate's house, and tell my mum I'm still buying it from school. Yeah. <gasps> it's very naughty of me. <laughs> that Terrible. is naughty. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got um, a couple of Eleventh Doctor uh, Go on then. books yeah, yeah. here that yeah. I like. So one of them is by James Goss, uh, who's written a lot oh, of series guy. books. Yeah, actually, like yeah, he does a lot of good big finish as well. So this is Dead of Winter. So um, this one is uh, set in the uh, 18th century, and it kind of um, it focuses on a young girl who gets sent to a coastal kind of medical hospital. You know, oh, for, that sounds sinister already. Know, um, and, yeah, so, <laughs> it really yeah, does. See what I was saying about the kind of stuff I yeah. like. And in this one, a something creepy. Uh, is is talking to the poorly people, uh, and, and it's, it comes in off the sea, if mm. I, if I meant like a mist, I think. Um, and again, I haven't read this one for a while, but I think this utilises mm. a kind of uh, letter structure that that she's writing to someone oh, or her okay. diary, a bit like Dracula. Uh, yeah, um, and also uh, Goss did a Tenth Doctor audio, which which mm. was only on audio, and it was called Dead Air. And that was done. It was just him on his own, um, and he's he's on a on a boat, uh, and he's he's talking through the radio and stuff, trying mm. to communicate with people. So the whole thing oh. was done in in that sort of structure, based on these recordings getting Ooh, played back good. and stuff yeah, like that. Like so that, that, that was quite good. Um, so he yeah he's done some quite nice uh, you know uh, sort of different sort of structural things on on stuff sometimes, um, and then so that was um, eleven with Amy and Rory. And then there was and another. What was that one called? Did you say? Uh, D- Dead of Winter. Um, I don't know. Look out for that one. Actually, that yeah, it, it was, was very good. Um, and then I had a, there was another one I liked called Shroud of Sorrow, uh, which mm. was written by Tommy Dombavond. I think that's how you say his name. Um, and this one takes place on the twenty third of November, nineteen sixty three, which uh, was a big interesting. Big day for 
couple yes. of things. Um, but in this story, that it's focusing on the JFK um, yeah. assassination. Mm. Um, and, and then in this one, the faces of dead people start appearing to oh. uh, people. So, like, they see them in the rain on the window mm. or in, in, uh, in, in their cup of tea, I think, in the tea leaves or something. <laughs> um, and this sort of... They, they start calling it the shroud and, and this kind of misery uh, mm. and, and sadness takes over the world in, in, in the aftermath of the uh, assassination. Uh, so this was um, Eleven and Clara. And if I remember rightly, uh, <laughs> there's something to do with clowns in it. And it goes <clears throat> a bit crackers in the last sort of third. Right. Uh, and I remember thinking... It's a bit bonkers, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's gone from yeah. being really sort of somber and, yeah. and and twisting it completely um and and not in a bad way um and and sort of doing something quite quite different with it mm. um so that that was a good one it's one of the few uh that was uh, 11 and clara so she had quite a lot with 12 but that was one of the only ones yeah, yeah. to yeah. pair with them together so that was a good one mm. that sounds that sounds fun actually I, I, i've written that one down so i'm going to look out for it Dead yeah, of winter. The, there's yeah. there's another one that's um I think it's called Plague of the Cybermen, and that mm. was maybe that was just eleven on his own. Actually, I, th- I think it was, and that was that was sort of set in like there's a castle and the Cybermen are sort of coming up out of the ground and stuff, and it was all sort of uh, you know horror kind of influenced, um, and I and I think people are turning into Cybermen by by disease or something. Oh, the okay. Cybermen have been af- affected by something. I, I can't quite remember, but um, that was quite a good one as well. Um, so if, if anyone is, uh, wants a bit of Cyberman uh, action, that one's worth uh, checking out. I have actually got a few, um, a couple of 11th, 11th Doctor stories here. Uh, oh, books. Right. I've got The Terminal of Despair. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've got Heart of Stone by Trevor Baxendale. Uh, so and actually the other out. ones, Steve Lyons wrote The Terminal of Despair. Now, both those writers... I trust because they've written a whole bunch of other books way back in the past, and Jack Rayner's done another one, The Water Thieves. So I've got that as well, but I've, I've never actually read them. They're just sitting on my shelf. Uh, right, yeah, I've got books like that. I think I've got these in a in a job lot reasonably recently. Actually, I think um, was it Savile oh, or something? Yeah, didn't you buy them on? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was it. It was ten books yeah, for twelve right. quid or something. So that's where there's, that's where they came from. But I'm looking forward one, to reading those. They could yeah. be fun. Um, there's one here that um, uh, Jack, uh, he's called a Jack Abominable uh, at the moment his mm. uh, username is an awful Jack with underscores and he says my favourite Doctor Who novels easily Johnny Morris's amazing, heartbreaking and beautiful book Touched by mm. an Angel I recommend it to all fans and frankly it's so good uh, and wonderful non-fans would love it too and I think that's a, an 11th Doctor uh, Whipping Angel yeah. one have yeah. you read it? no I haven't read that one Touched actually by no. an Angel. look out for it's, that one they, they re-released uh, well a handful of books uh, but, but most Mostly kind of new series ones, mm. but um, they they came out with with sort of minimal front covers. So the one that Jack has posted here is just a, a, a close up on half of an angel face, yeah. um, and in sort of um, almost monochrome for mm. it. Yeah, so they they re released uh, a number of books with these kind of minimal covers, yeah. and, and um, Touched by an Angel was was one of them. Uh. Yeah. So um, tell me about some more uh, books that you you like before I go on to the Twelfth Doctor. Before he oh, goes on seen, to the sorry, 12th Doctor. I'm just going to say oh, I've go seen uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil Clements, who's at Touch Shriek. Um, he's listed a handful of books that he likes, and one of his go top on. one is, is Dead of Winter. 
um, which I was just talking about. Uh, that's what um, you're talking about, yes. Yeah. He's also put Lung Barrow, uh, Mad Dogs and Englishman, The Pirate Loop, Left-Handed Hummingbird, Set Piece, Remembrance of the Daleks, Curse of Fenwick, Massacre, yeah. uh, specifically the Doctor Who Yearbook 1991. I'd like to know why that one, Phil. There must be a memory with that. You should uh, tweet us in and tell us. Um, the Doctor Who Monster Book 1975, uh, shooting Scripts 2005, The Adventures of K9 mini book series, War of the Daleks, and The Ancestor Cell, which is a Stephen oh. Cole one with uh, Peter <coughs> Ang Leeds. I think that's how you pronounce his name. So, yeah, that, that's quite nice. I like uh, discovering mm. what, what people. Uh, that's, what uh, that's, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good list. It's, it's quite interesting, the, um, the, the, the target books, the, the way they kind of finished off. As the series came to a close in 1989, so we had, um, you know, we had the Sylvester McCoy stories, and it's interesting because I mean I, I think it's interesting. Not many people probably will, but there was a sort of evolution in the way they were written. They were obviously in the older days, the 70s and 80s, early 80s. They were clearly aimed at a younger readership, mm. but I think what they became aimed at was a readership that was growing older and perhaps slightly more sophisticated and the kind of you know Peter and Jane storytelling style of, of the old 70s books wasn't quite going to wash with uh, with an audience that was getting used to things like yeah I don't know things like but stuff that was becoming a bit more <laughs> heavy going or a bit more complex at least anyway and actually what one of my favorites of those years I suppose is um, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks written by Ben Aranovich, obviously the, the the guy who wrote the, the TV scripts himself and who has since gone on to write all those Rivers of London novels and yeah. you know all that other stuff and wrote the infamous love it or hate it new adventures novel Transit which actually I kind of really like though not so much as a Doctor Who story just as a kind of cyberpunk sci-fi story with somebody called the Doctor and somebody called Ace right. in it it's brilliant <laughs> but <laughs> that's just you know and and, and and actually, you know, that, that whole period of when the um, when, when the Target novels kind of segued into the new Virgin or the, uh, the yeah the, the new adventures, the new Doctor Who adventures, that that was quite an interesting time, because uh, actually, yeah, the, I mean, the new adventures is probably worth a podcast in itself, and I think anyone who's read any of them has very mixed feelings. There are titles that some will like and others will hate, and it does seem to be that 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 polarized. And it's interesting that um, oh, I can't remember his name, but chap you read out on on Twitter there mentioned um, set piece because that's a mm. Kate Orman new adventure, which yeah. actually I really really like, but I think a lot of others absolutely hate it and the curse of fenric as well was another one which seemed to be i mean obviously it was pre-new adventures but it would quite happily slot into the new adventures because that style of storytelling from the end of the seventh doctor books into the new adventures just it just kind of flowed it was always heading in that direction and it it was almost like once it was free of the tv series the, the 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 seventh doctor stories just kind of blew up they they escalated they became bigger and then some ways more intimate as well you know more about character they could really get into the characters mm-hmm. and some of the early ones which i which i remember I, I have to talk about um so so okay so the the first few new adventures we had time worm genesis by john peel who um was a, a friend of the terror nation estate so got to write all the dalek books we had exodus by terence dicks 
We had um, Time. Um, what's that? Apocalypse by Nigel yeah. Robinson, who was the range editor, I think, or at least he was the range editor of the Target books as they were. Um, you know, because because Virgin had the license to reprint Target Target novels, mm. which they were doing with their covers on. But the one I really want to talk about is is this one here, which is um, Time Worm Revelation by Paul Cornell. Now, as far as I know, this is Paul Cornell's debut novel. He was only a, a, a wee youngster. He's only twelve years old when he actually wrote this novel. <laughs> Or I don't know, twenty, twenty-one, or something like that. But whatever it was, you know, it's his first novel. I remember reading this. You know, I, well, I remember reading all of these. So um, Genesis, actually, I was a little bit disappointed with. Didn't think it was that great. But you know, Exodus also by Terence Dix. I I was so looking forward to this one, but I thought it didn't seem quite right. Almost as if Terence wasn't quite into that sort of style of storytelling, right. you know, and uh, Apocalypse I thought was okay, but really Revelation, that's the one where we got, it, it just, I, it didn't so much blow my mind as more like, give me the sort of stuff I really wanted to read. There was a lot of surreal moments. I think by that time I was in sixth form, no, just maybe after sixth form. So I was studying history of art and I was studying literature and all that sort of stuff. And this is a very arty, literary sort of book. So this really right. kind of speaks to me. It's full of some very surreal moments. You see the cover there. You've got the, the, the Seventh Doctor literally dancing with death on the yeah. surface of the moon with a, an impossible astronaut-looking yep, figure yep. coming and towards him. With a church, yep, and yep. a planet Earth in the background. Now, that church is quite significant, if I remember. It comes back a few times um, and is referred to in various other books, but you know, just as a kind of throwaway. But I mean, it's it's a cracking novel. This, to be honest, I've only actually read this twice. And you know, I haven't read it for, for a long old time, but it's it's bits of it is stuck in my head. I can't quite remember the the whole story, but I do remember at, at the time, the first time I read it, I thought, well, this is just what I always. I mean, I thought at the time I always wanted Doctor Who to be like that. It was mm. very character driven. It got right into Ace's head. It was the first time we 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 thought really really understood Ace. You know, obviously she was really well developed on screen, but yeah. that novel seemed to go even further. And the relationship between her and the Doctor was really seriously tested. You know, the, 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 I mean, throughout that whole Time Worm series and the ones and the the series that came after it in the Virgin New Adventures, which was the Cat's Cradle series. Yeah. And there's a story there by Mark. Platt, which is Time's Crucible, I think it is. If I could be bothered to reach up and get it, I would, but it's the one with the giant leech on the cover. And that is yeah. just messed up. I, I've actually only read that once. I think that probably pushes it a little bit too far. It's almost right. like too complex and too esoteric. So there, there, there's, there's very little story, but there are lots of great ideas. But you know, I think you know. Do you really care what's going to happen next? You know, yeah. unless it's a story or something, or yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you it, care about the characters? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's great, but you know, the great thing about the whole new adventures was they gave a, a lot of a lot of new writers the, the chance to exercise some writing chops. Yep. And of course, you know, we get people like Paul Cannell and. <clears throat> um, you know, if had Russell T. Davis um, wrote one of these as well, and you know yeah, a whole did, bunch yeah. of people who went on to write the um, the, the, the the Eighth Doctor series of books yeah. and the Past Doctor Adventures and all those, you know, so it's 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 a it was a really good proving ground, and and it's one of those where as I sort of went into university and they were all getting darker and more serious, I kind of lost a bit of touch with, um, you know, I just thought well they they're probably not actually 
the kind of thing I want to read, really. Right. You know, they didn't seem to be going in the same direction as me. It's almost like, you know, there was a beautiful period that we converged and yeah. then we kind of split off like two yeah. trains down, two separate tracks. You know, still very respectful of each other, but not really actually connected in that yeah, way. I, th- I think that does happen, doesn't it, from, from time to time? You know, you, you uh, might, people have said this before when they used to watch Doctor Who. Uh, and then mm. you know they hit their teens, and you know other stuff kind of comes on, gets in the way a bit, and then you come back to it what, later in yeah, life. Or, that, you know, that's re- it, exactly. Reading comics, yeah. you know, I used to read comics <clears throat> a lot when I was younger, mm. and then kind of, you know, stopped uh, as I got a bit older, and then in my mid twenties, kind of got back in, mm. maybe even kind of late twenties really, but got back into it when um, they made a big fanfare about Astonishing X Men coming back and. Mm. and you know, it was, it was written by Weddon, and uh, you know, so you know, so, oh, I'll give that a go. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And and then I got the next one. Then I started getting Spider Man, which was written by Straczynski at the time. And you know, just kind of, you know, went yeah. from one thing to another. And I just completely got back into it all about twenty years ago. You know, <laughs> and, and been reading, you know, that stuff since. Which is and, weird, actually, because at that, that sort of time, that when I was falling out of the the new adventures books, I was probably getting more into graphic novels. Mm. So I was reading things like uh, like like the Sandman. I was reading a lot of manga right. stuff, Akira and Ghost in the Shell, and you know, getting more into that so it's kind of widening my sort of cultural horizons if you yeah, like and, yeah. you know and i was getting more and more arty because you know i i, I went out to study history of art at, at university oh, yeah. and that was my degree <laughs> in it so i, I was yeah, doing yeah, all yeah, that yeah. sort of you know looking at philosophies and cultural ideas yes. and yes. histories and all sorts of other things and literatures and blah 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 blah. so i was getting right up myself frankly <laughs> i thought i knew everything back in those days <laughs> Um, it was interesting that you said there about a couple of those books that you you couldn't remember yeah. the the story in detail, but you you know you really liked them, and that, that was what I was saying earlier as well. Mm. And I felt a bit embarrassed because you know I, I couldn't remember the ins and outs of it all. But you know we we watch and read and listen to so much mm. these days, well all the time that I can't remember you know the, the the finer details and all the plot threads, all the character names of of everything. I just can't, <laughs> you know, and do you know, I, I, know I can't. I can't when I read a book now. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, you know, if, if I... I mean, a, a book that I read when I was literally eight years old, like this, Planet of the Spiders, right? I can read a lot because... Yeah. I think because you, your brain is just young and it just absorbs everything mm. and fixes everything into place. I think as you get older, that ability diminishes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite it, a bit. Yeah, it does, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that, you know, I've enjoyed this and I've liked that. Yeah. And this was the general theme, but, you know... The, the 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 finer complexities are, are sometimes lost to me. Um, was it the Three Doctors book that you mentioned earlier? It it was yes, yeah, but yeah. Only so really a, in passing. A, yeah. Uh, well, it's just because there's a tweet from Michael Donahue, who's mm. at m donahue seventy five. Oh, okay. And he said this was my first, so it's special to to me. I yeah. remember seeing this whole section of targets and zeroed in Brilliant. on this one with that gorgeous cover. And in my yeah. child logic, I thought I thought was I thought it was good to be able to read about three doctors at once. Um, yes, which, yes, which, I get yeah. that definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's brilliant, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, was something that he he really liked there. Um, so, I, I'm just going to move on to uh, some twelfth Doctor books. Uh, Go on then. That's all right. I've yeah. got. Uh, I've got. I've two read a couple here. of these. 
Okay, we'll see if, see if they're, uh, they were these. So one of them is, is Royal Blood, which was by Una McCormack, mm. who's also done quite a lot of the books and, and some big finish as well, I think. Um, so this sees Clara uh, and the Doctor arrive, I think it's a, a planet, uh, an alien planet, mm. but it's a medieval sort of type setting. Um, but they've got laser swords and there's electric lights and stuff. Laser and it's, it's, swords. It's not, it's not quite right. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's... Um, Two, uh, there's a king and everything, and there's there's another army, uh, and they're sort of amassing for a big battle, um, and and uh, the other king is looking for um, the Holy Grail, uh, and uh, because why not? Has, because why not? And Clara yeah. has quite um, a large. If you're going to look for this. something, you might as well look for that, eh? Well, yeah, as opposed exactly, to a cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the medieval stuff in this was was quite good fun, and it formed yeah. one of the three books that they called the Glamour uh, Chronicles, I think. Ooh, okay. And um, so there was one called Deep Time, Royal Blood, uh, and one other name escapes me at the minute. And they were you you could read one or all of them, but if you read all of mm. them, there was a sort of order because they they were looking for what what was you know the glamour, which was like a mysterious uh, kind the of glamour. powerful type object, mm. and there was a bit in one of them that then kind of, you know, there was sort of a yeah, beginning, yeah. middle and end to this, this glamour thing in it, even though each story had its own kind of, uh, you know, in, individual Some uh, unit. S- story arc to it. So yeah. that, that was quite good because they started okay. with 12. Yeah. They started doing, particularly on order, audio, uh, some slightly different things. Mm. And we, we briefly talked about this with Steve Cole, but like on the audios, um, 12 had uh, a couple of companions uh, uh, I think it was a brother and sister maybe from New York um, and, and they were only on audio they never had books and they, they were never on the show um, and, and they had um, a series of four that were like the Lost series so it was like the Lost Angel okay, the yeah. Lost Planet various other things and they were all individual stories but connected by mm. this sort of theme that's always a lot of fun isn't lost. it when, when, when you get a bunch of stories that are connected in, in yeah. some way and, and, and it, obviously, it there's works. a good commercial reason for it because you want people to buy you more books to keep going back. Yeah, so yeah. It, you know, obviously there is that, and they were genuinely sort of trying to do something a little bit different. Mm. And they did a series of four with twelve and Clara, which was um, the the Winters series. It was like the Gods of Winter um, and, and various other things. Uh, I, I I can't remember all the names off the top of my head, but again, that had uh, elements that all kind of flowed through them. Yeah. So you know, they're obviously on audio, but they're well worth checking out as well. Um, and then there was another Twelfth uh, Doctor book, which was with Bill, called The Shining oh, Man, Bill. which was written yeah. by Cavan Cavan Scott, and this was a sort of Doctor Who spin on uh, like the Slender Man legend um, mm-hmm. and those. Uh, clowns, you remember the clown sightings a few years ago, right. you know, where people were just standing in streets, dressed yeah, in clown suits yeah. and stuff, trying to freak so, people out. Yeah, so this sort of riffs on all of that and, and mm. social media and um, you know rumours and myths and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and it was quite uh, <laughs> surprising. <laughs> There's a theme here. It was quite creepy. <laughs> um, and, you do um, like the creepy stuff, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. But you, you seem to get them more in the books, to be to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit like there's another one with twelve and Clara called the mm. creeping. I think it's called the creeping terror, and um, right. it's it's about like giant insects and stuff. And there's a bit where they get trapped in a I think it's a church, mm. and uh, there's like spiders around on the outside and stuff. And and I remember sort of was reading it, thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's it's quite creepy, and and but in a yeah. sort of you know um, creature horror type thing, you know. Um, and and so that was uh, a good one as well. But yeah, <laughs> Shining Man was was really good, Shining and um, 
uh, just bear with me one second. I think mm-hmm. someone has had commented that they'd uh, read it as well. Um, we've got quite a few uh, a, a general um, target uh, comments as, as well, which we can come to. Uh, so uh, Lydia Heather Alice, who's at Lydia H A T ninety nine, says the Shining Man. I just finished, loved it. Um, also loved the Myths and Legends series. So that was something mm. they did. Um, but they're still doing them actually at the moment. So I've read the Camelot one. She says and the Wizard of right. Oz one, and I and I have yeah. the Robin Hood one. Um, oh, so, uh, yes, I know those. I haven't read them, but yes, okay. I, I can picture them now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Wizard of Oz one is. Um, they have quite serious looking covers, are they? Yeah, they they mm. do like the old, um, you know, the old kind of penguin type. Yeah, type yeah, like have. railway so, children or something. Yeah, so the um, the Wizard of Oz one is a sort of kind of meta mashup of of Doctor Who with with thirteen and mm. the Wizard of Oz with with Missy being the the Wicked Witch of the West, um, and then Camelot is the tenth Doctor in the sort of and I think Donna in the King Arthur kind of right. again you know mashup. I, I haven't read that one yet and then Robin Hood is I think I think a sequel maybe to um, Robots of Sherwood but it's it's mm. fourth doctor um, and and then but again a you know Robin Hood kind of mashup pastiche type thing and then there's another one coming out next year which is 12 and Clara and it's uh, I think it's Treasure Island right. uh, so they sort of they sort of remakes of you know the, yeah. the story in question, but done in a in a Doctor Who style, but but yeah. within the narrative. I don't, I don't if know you see how I feel I mean. about that, really. Well, I I um yeah I wasn't sure, but when you know if there's a book yeah. with thirteen on it, I'm I'm there for you're, it. You're and, there already, um, are you? And uh, and I like uh, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz as well. Um, well, I that, I that do, was, yeah. But I mean, I I like the Wizard of Oz as the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and in fact, there was there is a justification for it in the end. It's not just mm. um, they haven't just gone here's the Wizard of Oz, but it's Missy as the witch and and the Doctor yeah. as Dorothy. It's that they they end up in Oz in it, yeah. and it sort of plays out like you know. I don't know. You should give it a go. I think, no. I think you'd uh, like. No. I'm looking forward to the Treasure Island one. That it's not going to happen. Be, I'm not going to read those. <laughs> um, we're talking of 13 shall I, um, yes. shall I go through a couple of my books here and go on then, in. and then yes. you can talk more mm-hmm. so um, one of those so they've done um, well actually there's there's more than it seems mm. of, of 13 books but they, they weren't doing the trio of books per series and, mm. and when we talked to Steve Cole he was saying that's because they kind of wanted to keep what was happening on screen very separate yeah, from books right. because of the yeah. complexities of it all so one of them is one I know that you read, which was The Good Doctor by uh, Juno Dawson. Juno Dawson, uh, yeah, I yeah. love that book. And I thought it was really good, It was good, really actually. good, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, I've read that one twice now. And, oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's about... Um, the, the the doctor and the fam uh, help on a on a planet, don't they? That's uh, right. An alien yeah. planet, and then uh, they realise that Ryan has left his phone on there, uh, which is a sort of fairly uh, Ryan thing to do. So they go back to the planet, and in typical uh, Doctor fashion, she says, "Oh, we'll just pop back," um, and of course they come back, and it's a hundred years later, mm. and, um, and things have things changed. Have, things have changed, and the. Uh, the, the the planet kind of worship the Doctor. Uh, only they think the Doctor is Graham. Um, That's right. From a, yeah. from a throwaway line uh, in a comment in it, um, so they have to kind of uh, you know undo all of this. And, it, and it's quite an interesting bit uh, book on 
you know, the doctor sort of, you know, interfering, albeit inadvertently, and, and changing things for the worse and having to mm. go back and kind of fix it. Um, and uh, it, it, reading it, so when it came out, uh, I think I think there'd only been a couple of these series eleven episodes, and I enjoyed it and it was really good, and like Combat Magic as well, um, mm. and, and um, Molten Heart. So they were the three that came out. But rereading um, Good Doctor, it really felt like, even though they had very little to go on in terms of kind of script and character and things like that, it, it felt very kind of Chibnall era, um, and, it, and did. it really was something yeah. that I could have seen on screen, even with its kind of um, what, what were they called in it? They're, they're like almost kind of Carvinista type. Uh, That's what animals, I thought. When I was reading aliens, it. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? You know, yeah. um, but just with its. But its obviously, themes this predates the whole. It, it predates thing, it, it, yeah, by by some years. But its its themes and its um, you know style and everything, and and they really you know Juno really captured the uh, you know all, a dialogue well as as did the other writers as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, good good doctor was a was a great book, and people really speak. Uh, you know, very highly of, of that one actually. Yeah, I um, like it. It's 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 one of those where it's it's actually you know it's quite a simple story. Yeah. But within that simple story are some are some really it's it's a really intelligent treatment of some very topical themes yeah. and ideas. Uh, the, the whole thing about belief and systems of control and how these enormous constructs are sort of assembled around the smallest of things and benefit a minority. And you know, disadvantage the majority, and yet they're institutionalised. I, I love all that. It's it's presented yeah. in in such a nice, clear, easy to understand stand way that even mm. my adult grey matter yeah. can make sense. Because it was of it. quite some quite big th- sort of ideas and themes mm. in it, and, and, and it's a cracking adventure to... story as well. Yeah, really, know? really good. Yeah, <laughs> I just that, I just so love that thing of um, alongside all that. You yeah. know, uh, it, it, what is it? You know, if, if a butterfly flaps its wings, you know, what, what does it? Cause yeah, yeah, the, power, the ripples, you know, blah, 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 and, and yeah. if if Ryan drops his phone on an alien planet, well, was, was it, was, I was trying to find it, but was it a, a line from Graham? Because it's it's a planet where the um, the, the females dogs, are, aren't um, they? Yeah, and and the the women of the species are sort of. Um, uh, looked down upon, aren't they? I think, and so the, so Graham sort of does he pretend to be the Doctor, or does the Doctor say, "I can't quite." Yeah, remember he has exactly to. When, when the... they come back and, he, and and they start to figure out what's going on, Graham has to sort of do the Doctor thing. So yeah. and and they sort of get in with um, the the kind of boss of the whole church That's and it, start yeah. to see see it for what it is and see the injustices and 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 they sort of. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the guy's in charge of it all. Um, is it Mikados? I think yeah, something like yeah. that. And he's um, he, he struggles to understand why the doctor would be saying all this stuff. And and mm. it's like you know, and, and 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 it's quite nice at first because he thinks that the doctor is has arrived, has has come again, will will mm. reignite the religion and make things stronger mm. and better, and you know everyone will kind of fall into line and, and understand why things are the way they are because they have to be. But of course. The doctor being the doctor and found what have you, things don't turn out quite like yeah. that at all. And 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 you sort of get into the guy's mindset as he has his faith tested, yes. shaken, almost taken apart at the very mm. last minute. But then something twists in his mind where he somehow manages to rationalise all the horrors and everything else. And see the Doctor and Fam as the villains, even though they're the representation of the very heart of their their religion. Yeah. And and then obviously that's when the persecution starts and the horrors begin and everything else. And and I love that. You know, you can relate mm. that to to things that have happened in our own history and yeah, and, and yeah, sort absolutely, of, yeah. you know, 
marvel at the at the ridiculousness mm. and the horror of it all in tandem. So it's 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 wonderfully done, and it's, it's well, and really I think it is book, it yeah. is like a throwaway line from Graham, isn't it? Where yeah. he says it's like um, look after man's best friend or something like that. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I can't just, remember just the sort of thing you is, might say to someone with yeah. a dog. And then and then they come back. There's a giant stained glass window of grey. Yeah, with on the cover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a good story. It, yeah. Highly it's, recommended. It's very good, yeah. And it seems to have the feel of you know the, the very best kind of Terence Dicks sort right. of novel. So I I yeah. really enjoyed that. It was, yeah, it's, it was it's a good one. A good Thumbs one. up from me. Um, so there's another one called At Childhood's End, which oh, is written by s- someone that uh, people might have heard of, <laughs> Sophie Aldred. Um, and this one, we also talked about this on our Steve Cole podcast. We did. Uh, he he uh, co-wrote it with her. But this is um, Ace uh, meeting 13 mm. um, and sort of flashing back to events with the Seventh Doctor as well. Um, and uh, they end up on a big spaceship and stuff in it, don't they? And they it's, do. It's, it's you know it's an epic uh, feel to it, um, but it was just a just a, a great story to kind of catch up with Ace as to sort of where she is now, like mm. you, you know what you turn in canon rather than you know the divergent kind of timelines that DWM comics have had and the, the books and you know stuff. Like that. I've kind of viewed this as an an official one because it was written by Sophie and and you know had thirteen in it. And um, it brilliantly captured, mm. you know, her character and and Jodie Stockton and, and their meeting, um, and and the fan were really well kind of represented in it as well, um, and and it you know gets a bit kind of darker, doesn't it, with stuff with the Seventh Doctor and obviously the way their kind of you know relationship was and how Ace perceives yeah. you know, thirteen and stuff like that and what she like and blah blah blah, um, and and so it's it's probably quite a good um, good one to read. Before the centenary episode, because um, you know yeah, they will have to. I, I can't imagine something this. I mean, the show uh, has almost never referenced the books. And I, when we again talked to Steve Cole, he said mm. there was one Eccleston episode. Was it Boomtown? And they name checked a planet that he'd created yeah, in one of right. his books. Um, and I thought that there was a reference in um, a, a Tenth Doctor episode to uh, the Stone Rose, just just a, a line. Um, but you know, there's there's never been any kind of references to any of the other stuff. Um, but I wonder if the Centenary will play it like um, Thirteen and Ace are meeting for the first time, or mm. if there's you know some reference to it. But obviously, you you can't assume that m- the majority of people watching will have read the book, so it'll have no, to be no, quite a right. minor thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but but that that's also a really good one. Um, and then there's a couple of books that came out that were written by uh, David Solomons, uh, who's quite a well-known mm. uh, ch- children's author. Um, and he did two, uh, Secret in Vault 13, which then has a direct uh, cliffhanger at the end into the Maze of Doom. Um, the Maze of Doom. These were... I, I bought them because, you know, I'm going to buy, you know, most <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who stuff. Um, but actually being, being uh, really uh, pleasantly yeah. surprised by, by just how good they were. I mean, he's an award-winning, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, writer. So in The Secret in Vault 13, uh, the Doctor and Fam are helping on a planet that's populated by, I think, kind of like Groot-type things, you know. and um, by, they, by what? Groot. They're like... Oh, Groot. Like, oh, I see. Th- yeah. I said, oh, grouped. I think like oh, group no, on. no, uh, like human plant type things, and they they end up with a 
yeah. <laughs> what turns out to be a talking house plant. <laughs> and um, hey, it, it worse was, things have happened in the actual well, series. It, you know, you get turned into a cactus and stuff. Exactly. You know, and um, they have to go and in, investigate the the vault, uh, vault thirteen. And I think yes. it's, I think it's a vault that it, it houses seeds from across the universe. Um, oh, okay. You know, a seed vault. The, you know, yeah. Um, and and so they they mm. get into that. And then at the end of it, I can't remember exactly what happens, but they they realise they've got to go back to uh, ancient Greece, and um, there's a crashed uh, crashed spaceship uh, which has got a maze in it, and there's a minotaur, um, and and they have to go in and, and help mm. and, and and get involved in it, and and they were both just just brilliant, like really really yeah, captured yeah. it well, yeah. great fun. Um, you know, good, good for kind of a younger, uh, you know, audience as well. Mm. Um, but I, I liked them both uh, enormously, really. And and um, it was a shame they didn't do um, a, a third one of them. I did. I think I tweeted him after they came out, um, and and uh, he said, "Oh, I'm glad you liked it. But there's no no plans for any more at the moment." Mm. So that was a shame. But yeah, I recommend those both if uh, people haven't read them. Mm. Um, so that that's the end of my. Uh, new series books and then then I've got some uh, reference stuff and uh, comics but why don't you talk about something because well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had to listen to you for the last 20 yeah, minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, I mean I, 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 I tell you what I mean I'll, since we're, if we're moving on to non-fiction books because let, let, let's do those mm. um, there is one which is really really special to me now again this this goes back to the 80s and it's back to when I first started becoming a fan, if you like. And it's this book here. There was there was a whole bunch of these. And the first one, the first one that actually arrived was, and this is the this is not an original. This is a this is a reprint of the twentieth uh, anniversary title, yeah, a celebration, celebration by Peter Haining, which I saw. Remember, I was talking about Foyle's bookshop in Tottenham Court Road. Yeah. I'd seen it in there. But never bought it because it was ridiculously expensive. It was mm. far more money than, than I could ever afford. But I kind of lusted after it. And eventually I did get round to buying that version, which is, as I said, a kind of reprint of it. But what I did get was bought for me by my, my mum at the time on my 16th, I think, or maybe 15th birthday. And it's this big hardback thing called The Key, key to, to time. time, which is not actually... The Key to Time series, i.e., season 16, Tom yeah. Baker stories, Armageddon Factor, etc., but is a really, really lovely chronicle of the whole history of Doctor Who, right? Oh. From its preconception back in the early days with Sidney Newman and everything else. And it is told, yes, there's, there's some linking narrative by Peter Haining himself, uh, who wrote all these things. Um, but it's mostly told through um, newspaper journals and illustrated by a few photographs, but mostly by some really spectacular fan art. You know, so there's like um, a series, a, a picture of the original fam, you know, in uh, Chesterton yeah. and Barbara and Susan yeah. and the Doctor and a Dalek. And it's all broken down at the date. So it's like diarised. So on September the 27th, uh, 27, 1963, Sidney Newman's long cherished idea takes a giant step nearer fulfilment with the filming of a pilot episode to check the viability of the proposed series that of course being Doctor Who and it takes you through it literally year by year by year and again you know this was the first time I'd actually seen a lot of the imagery 
of um, of those early serials. I mean, this was the first thing I heard about a story called um, Sharda. There's a photograph there, and oh, I always thought right, it was Tom yeah. Baker and Lala Ward getting married because it looks like <laughs> that sort of picture. Yeah. But you know, when I when I was sort of reading this. You know, Sharda is like um, it's, it's really heavily mythologized, and it's mm, mm. a legend that never was. And I thought, oh my god, yeah. there's like an, a whole Doctor Who story that nobody's ever seen because it was it was literally never finished. You know, it's um, it it was really something. And again, this is another thing that it took me a while to read through it, but I read it through again from sort of cover to cover, and you can tell when I got it because it finishes with. Um, uh, what's this last one? March the 22nd, 1984. So actually, yeah, this would have been my 14th, not even my 15th birthday. when. Right. Um, so the Sixth Doctor was Six. kind of imminent. We'd seen yeah. the Twin Dilemma, but nothing after that. So everything right. after the Twin Dilemma was brand new, never to be seen. I, none, nobody had any idea what the next story uh, was, was going to look like, which is you know, kind of incredible when you think about yeah. it. Really, you know. In fact, the final, the good, good thing about it is there are these really nice sort of full cover um, pullouts, which you yeah, know that's take nice. these for granted nowadays. Because if it's not printed in full color, glossy, you know, reproduction, yeah, then the nobody's interested. Yeah. But this was yeah. really something. And yeah, the last buy... one of those is is that. So that's oh, Colin Baker of, and of Colin and Nicola Bryant. As, yeah, yeah so. I remember you used to buy books, didn't you? And it would say. Uh, with eight colour platelets. You know, I used to yeah, buy quite it. a lot yeah. of um And the fact this has got like 20-odd, <laughs> it's yeah. really something, you know. I, but I, I, I buy, really um, love, I mean, talking about robots and things, you know, the way it intersperses like fan art, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and actual sort of photography and and some of this stuff, you know, is, is really incredible. I mean, I... You know, it's it's so nice to see fan art represented like this. There's, yeah, that's, you know, that's really good. Yeah. Stuff by 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 people you know who are really really super super talented. Yeah. And there's there's stuff by you know super talented like six year olds as well. And it's all great. And I you know I don't know if they do something like this nowadays, but it would be fabulous if they did because the wealth of fan art out there mm. is really something. And just to have a little book which kind of introduced me to that, which also taught me about the kind of you know the process the history of the series itself all those stories yeah. which i'd read in target novelization form but had never seen in actuality apart from half remembered fragments from when i was i was a lot younger so you know by that time i was obviously watching doctor who properly mm. it was peter davison going into colin baker those are my kind of formative years but you know i soaked up all that history it was almost like you know it was, it was the undiscovered country so anything yeah. which gave me an idea of what it was like in those days was was really really something and then Another book which kind of went alongside that, which actually it was there. It's it's two books. Is um, <clears throat> is this one here, which is uh, Jean-Marc Lafitte's uh, uh, Doctor Who Program Guide. Guide Volumes One yeah. and Two, which do have a library tag on them actually. So I don't know how that happened. It must have fallen <laughs> into my school they, bag at some point. They must um, have done. Yeah. In fact, actually, yeah, it's it's even it's even got the library ticket inside there from. <laughs> What's that? The 29th of May, 1985. So I'm wow. very sorry. Yeah. Um, it's You're not getting it back, frankly. It's it's mine now. <laughs> you, you don't want to know what the fine is. No, um, but here's the thing, right? So for my um, for my exams back in those days, I was um, 
one of the one, one of the exams I was taking was was computer science, right? Or you know, just computers as it was those days. And and it was quite a new thing to have computers at school and do like a whole GCE on them and stuff like that. And one of the things we had to do in that uh, in that course was was write a database. And you know, I mean, write it. I mean, you know, not not use some pre-programmed software to oh, you know, populate it. it write the freaking software yourself, sunshine, in freaking basic. <laughs> Try that. Uh, that's computer programming, that is. I'd say yeah. now, that's proper, that is. Hey, they program computers properly in my day. None of this Windows <laughs> nonsense. Windows, pah, didn't even have a freaking mouse back then. A mouse was someone that used to run across a teacher's handbag when he used to stay <laughs> there in their seat, sleeping bag overnight. Anyway, so but what it had, right, at the start of this, this program guide was every single story. Look at that. Oh yeah. And four, more than that, four, so we yeah. had serial codes and if you know if you look on the individual titles it tells you who wrote them and who's who was oh, like the main right. guest cast and, and again this was like ah oh, this I soaked this up, it's brilliant. Because yeah. now suddenly big things, all these old stories became a little bit more real. And what I did was basically use this as my reference to build my very own Doctor Who database. Oh, really? So I, I did have like you know <laughs> script editors and the writers and the program codes and little synopses which i wrote myself i didn't take john mark's synopses i wrote my own ones yeah. um even if there was a story that i hadn't, didn't have because i had the novelization of it so yeah, that, would yeah. have, that would have done you know and stuff like that so that was my starting starting piece for this massive database which i yeah. i think i finished it. i think i got through it in the end i can't remember it was it was definitely a project that kept me working through lunch breaks and break breaks and after school hours and before school <laughs> hours and you know it was it was quite immense in the end just yeah, like, you know like writing thing and, yeah. and populating bits of it and then testing it and then you know sort of debugging it right finding bits of code that didn't work and redoing those and oh my god yeah, i think it made me realize i didn't ever want to didn't work want in code. it and of course was it a useful of course of course it was because all computers use basic now <laughs> Yeah, but it, but it was it was fun doing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, well, it made the course enjoyable because yeah. it was Doctor Who. So that's the thing I love. Yeah, and yeah. actually, giving bringing that into my schoolwork made the schoolwork infinitely more, more bearable yeah. and definitely more interesting. Which is which is interesting given what I do now. Actually, so you know, I'm not too far removed from that kind of process. So mm. maybe that's responsible for it. But it but yeah, so yeah, so those be. are. Um, you know, a couple of books well, which are which mean a lot to me from well, days I've, I've of got, um One of my uh, reference books is mm. similar, but I just was going to say um, I used to buy a lot of film novels for stuff that oh. I wasn't old enough to go and see. Like yes. I remember buying True Lies and anyway, you know, a little, little <laughs> whatever happened to that front. film. Eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> tr well, don't get me started. True Lies <laughs> is a is a lost classic of uh, modern cinema. I, I've got it on my Skybox. I, I yeah, I have it. too because it was on a little last, while ago. Yeah, yeah, last Christmas I think. Or yeah, was, yeah, like that. yeah, and because every mm. so often I'd search for True Lies just to see if it was on. And one evening we were sitting at home and I searched for it and I said to my wife, "It oh, is there." God, you're not going to believe what's showing next Sunday, and I hadn't seen it in 15 years. I've got an American yeah. DVD of it, but I can't play that anymore. <laughs> and um, it, apparently, it's been it's been remastered, but it's it's not come out. And um, but anyway, it's like, I bought like Avatar two. What, takes forever out. to arrive well you, you can't <laughs> rush genius um but yeah i bought the book of true lies bit. and yes and it, and it said uh you know with with eight color plates and in the yeah, middle you know you'd get it. these little photos oh, and man, those color plates books, were everything 
Yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah. So one of the books I was going to mention is The Lives and Times of the Doctor. Ooh, so okay. this is a sort of uh, an update, really, of, of your uh, celebration one there. So this is a mix oh, of fiction yeah. and fact. Mm. So this is kind of based around the Doctor's adventures um, from, from first up through to excuse me, 11th, um, and backed mm. up with like fictional letters, newspaper cuttings and stuff like oh, that, wow. which all relate to the stories. Yeah. And then there's a sort of reference chapter um, at the end of kind of, I think, each Doctor um, with various kind of sound bites from each, uh, from cast and crew talking about the show and, and you know, the, the series and stuff like that. Um, and it was a really good look at the world of the show, both, mm. you know, on screen and off. Um and one of the fun things about it was it had a sort of where's Wally, but with Clara, because um, they it was around the time of the the Doctor and, and Day of the Doctor coming out, and um, they put they photoshopped Jenna Coleman into photos from older episodes uh, in this. Okay. So she she's in a handful of pictures, which was quite fun. And uh, looking at the book um, again recently it needs an update. It needs mm. to cover up to the end of um, thirteen zero, I think, and um, be be. Uh, you know, modern modernized a bit, um, but we had a treat a tweet from uh, Hooniverse Draws, which is uh, at Draw One Hooniverse, and they said, "I love the humor, design, and creativity that went into the Doctor's Lives and Times," which was also by uh, James Goss as well. Um, and they also mentioned uh, Steve Tribe did a book called A History of the Universe in a Hundred Objects, um, which is one I haven't read oh, actually, but yes, I, yes, I know yes. of it. Yeah. Um, so I've got another one here as well, which is called The Vault, um, which is one that came out for the 50th I've anniversary. Got there, yeah. You've got it. So, so you know, so if you're listening and you, you don't know about it, it's, um, it's a lovely kind of, it's, it's hardback, but sort of padded. Um, cover has a lovely uh, and it, soft feel to it. Yes, it really it really does. It's and um, tactile. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about uh, the, the fifty years of the show at that point, and it's it's filled with photos of memorabilia, toys, uh, articles, script pages, photos, behind the scenes stuff. It's a brilliant kind of. Uh, you know, in, encapsulation of the the show itself, not not the kind of fictionalized aspect that the mm. um, the, the other book I mentioned. So, I wonder if they might do a, a new version of the Vault for the 60th, you know, because there'll yeah, be a, wonder, a, a, a lot yeah. to um, put in there. You know, you'd have two two other Doctors and the beginning of uh, Shooty's era. Um, so, so that's a, a, a really good one as well. Um, so, I, I thought also I'd mention um, some of the comics uh, briefly, um, particularly the, the Titan ones. Oh, yes. I don't think you've you've read any of them, have you, Paul? So, they did um, series for for each of the Doctors. Mm. So, at one point, you had tenth, eleventh, and twelfth Doctor series, which was one a month, uh, and then you you would get um, special. So, there was a fourth Doctor, four, four or five issue, uh, you know, series, and an eighth Doctor and a third doctor and stuff and then they would do crossovers um every summer so you'd have like mm. uh, uh 10 11 and 12 in a story with the sideburn and stuff like that um and then they started the 13th doctor series and then the the other doctor monthlies stopped um and then the 13th doctor one stopped and at the moment they're running a fugitive doctor mini series oh, okay. and yeah. nobody nobody really seems to know what's going on with it you know it's <laughs> it's the the 13th doctor stuff ended on a kind of cliffhanger and um has it not been know, resolved yet it, it hasn't been it's been years yeah it was a I'd kick off a my shame yeah well I, I i have um emailed them actually and said you know, from annoyed about, at horsham well no when do you intend to resolve this cliffhanger 
I've been oh, an oh, avid yeah. reader for many, many years, and yet you've left me here with my pipe in my garden, not knowing what the devil happens next. I demand to know what's going on, and I demand to know it now. Signed, Annoyed <laughs> of Horsham. Well, yeah. I didn't need to do that because um, I'm on their yeah. mailing list for oh, you go, you know, right, stuff, then. news and stuff. Yeah, so I said, ignore yeah, everything I just on? said. But, yeah, I, I will. Yeah, you do that. Um, yeah. But um, one of the uh, there's there's two thirteenth uh, Doctor ones yeah. I particularly like. One of them is uh, Hidden Human History, okay. um, which is about a podcast. It's about um, Ooh. Uh, uh, Earth, a podcast. Uh, what? <laughs> that <laughs> never catch on. A load of nonsense. Uh, yeah. Blah blah blah. Um, and this one is about um, Earth's uh, historical events, and um, the the fam listen to it, and then um, they go to somewhere with the Doctor. It's a war, I think, and um, they're like, "Oh yeah, we know about this." And the Doctor gets a bit jealous about this podcast and how everyone knows about this stuff, and ah. she's not able to kind of tell them about it. And then they they meet a race of uh, aliens called the Stillian flesh eaters. Yeah. Um, they sound and, the, and they like they're just sort of like the sort worms of people with, you should with invite legs. to a dinner party. Yeah. Um, and they end up sort of chasing them through history, and then they realise that the events that they're going to were referenced in the podcast. And then it sort of, it all kind of ties in on itself at the end. And and um, it, it, I won't spoil it, but it, it's a really nicely done uh, story. Um, and then there's another one which is only a, a two uh, two issue thing, but it was Time Out of Mind, and it was a Christmas themed mm. issue, um, which the the Doctor and the Fam go to a fair. Um, and then they discover that their memories and TARDIS logs have been tampered with, and they end up going to a Christmas-themed planet uh, where they uh, find some elves and a mysterious um, alien Christmas legend, um, which was which was really good. Um, and then there was also a Twelfth Doctor one, which was called Clara and the School of Death, which uh, sees Clara and the Doctor um, investigating a school um, and remote village in the Scottish uh, Highlands, and the Sea Devils mm. turn up, um, which which was Twelve's uh, only uh, encounter with the Sea Devils. Um, so that that was a, a favourite of mine. I really enjoyed that one as well. So um, yeah, hopefully the uh, comics will will pick up again properly at, at some point. Um, and then also, uh, I wanted to mention uh, because we had a tweet. Um, let me just find that quickly. Um, so this came from. Oh, and also there's one uh, a tweet here from um, yeah. Camille McKenzie, who's oh, at yes. Bear Creates, um, to our friend Millie. Uh, one of her favourite books is The Monster Vault, um, oh. which was huge. She says it's huge and full of many glorious pictures of every monster yeah. in the show's history. Um, so that's one I, I never got, actually. It came up fairly recently, um, and there was also a tweet from Thomas Hines, who said um, there are some fantastic books, but my favourite has to be uh, The Monster Vault because of <sighs> all the uh, pictures in it. Um, but then we had uh, a tweet from, uh, here we go, Jem, who's at Jem Gillum, who says, um, I don't think I've seen the Black Archive mentioned yet by um, at Observe Books, but they are deep dives on specific episodes, often written in an ap- academic way. Um, and I love the ones about Face the Raven, Hellbent and Heaven Sent. Mm. Um, so... Uh, Thanks for for that, Gem. And um, I've actually heard about the um, yes. uh, the, the Black Archive books. Mm. I think um, our friend Mrs. McCrimmon um, is a is a reader of those, but I'd never um, investigated them. 
before um and and after that tweet we um uh, uh, had a bit of a chat with um the the, the guys that um, observe books um and they very kindly sent us uh one of their books to to have a read of so um i asked for the uh, one about the haunting of uh, the vi- uh, villa diodati uh, which is a, a favorite story of mine um and uh, I, I thought it was it was great and and i'll be honest it kind of made me want to go and read more of their books because it it goes through the um, episodes, um, you know, kind of cr- talking critically, um, but in, um, you know, in the way of uh, relating it to other mm. films and visual references and, and the books and, and other books and, and things, you know, about, you know, Frankenstein and, and other Doctor Who uh, kind of related stuff as well. And then it goes into talking about the, the history of, uh, you know, the people involved and, um, yeah. you know, the, the themes and stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, you know, like, like uh, you know, Jem said, an academic kind of you know reading of stuff mm. and um you know i really enjoyed it and i thought it's, it's like uh, you know doing my dissertation it's like being back at know. school yeah yeah but, <laughs> but in, in a, a fun good way, way. Yeah. yeah um so yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading that and i and i really liked the the way that they would look at you know like the mm. the uh, branner branner version of uh, frankenstein or you know the bride of frankenstein and you know talk about you know some of the shots and things in in the episode and how it's sort of you know homage to the old yeah, uh, films yeah. and stuff yeah. like that and yeah, the way other films were uh, perhaps incorrect with the things about the timeline and you know how for example um you know the, the doctor and fam arrive and kind mm. of there's a bit of bending of truth of the the situation about how their arrival helps kind of inspire you know the the what would be the book yeah, you know, yeah, with, yeah. with their shad and stuff like that um but uh this is this is um a little special thing that we can chuck in um, in the podcast here but um observe books have very kindly given us um, a discount code um for anyone uh, who'd like to pick up a copy of one of their black archive books um so if you'd like to get a pound off one of their books you can <gasps> enter the code uh, who corner ba 1963 uh, at the checkout and it'll give you a pound off and that's valid until the 18th of september and so, what was that um, code again jeff that code again yes what is that code (laughs) who corner ba 1963 and who corner corner are capital letters capital letters who corner Corner. ba what was it again 1963 1963 Uh, you can only get that code on this podcast yes so uh thank you guys that that was extremely good of you so um yeah hopefully some uh uh, black archive fans will uh, pick themselves up uh, another book or two yeah that's all good fun so um, that that's kind of the end of my um, book selection. I, oh, I well, you just started. More. Move over. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about more, um, and I haven't talked about the comics in depth or um, any of the DWM comics, which are <gasps> crackers. There's They're some, crackers, some... mate. How can we not reference the DWM yeah. comics? Because they are fabulous. They, you know they, they were brilliant. To, when I was buying yes. DWM mm. uh, you know, years ago, you know when it when the show came back, I didn't read the comic in it, and um, what was silly What's because I was reading you? all my Marvel stuff at the time. I don't know why I didn't read it, Honestly. and then <gasps> I started reading it one day, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually really good." And then I went and bought um, mm. uh, some of the Tenth Doctor collected ones they did. Yeah. Like, um, is it is it Crimson Handle? You know, yeah. with Magenta Price. Um, oh, that, that's that, it. Good story, massive yeah. series there, um, and then the Eleventh Doctor ones like uh, is it Child of Time, mm-hmm. um, and and there's another one, 
it's got Romans in it or something. Um, so that they were really good. Um, and then there was some really great Twelfth Doctor stuff as well. Um, I don't, I don't think I've got the collection of that. And I've got the the only Thirteenth Doctor one they've done <gasps> at the moment, which you need, also had, you need um, to catch up on the back on the backlog of those, mate. Because well, I, I know think there's, every, there's every Doctor had. Yeah, they they had some some really big big stories. Like one of mm. my favourites was Peter Davison, Tides of Time, Fifth oh, Doctor. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Marginally, perhaps better in some people's minds, or at least on a par with it, the World Shapers World and Shapers. Voyager, which featured the shape shifting Frobisher. But actually, World Shapers, mm. I have to say, is one of my absolute favourites because. The Doctor knocks on a door, and it's opened by a companion of the past. And we go, we we return to Marinus, and uh, find out the link between the Vord and the Cybermen. And it just blew my head off it sh- off my shoulders. The Eighth Doctor stories, what well, we got, Oblivion. Um, we we got that. that I mean, Oroboros, all of that story. The the, the Dalek. Oh my goodness. There are so many good stuff. There's there's yeah. a seventh doctor. There's Evening's Empire. <gasps> oh, yeah, I mean that was that was a killer. That was you know. So yeah, honestly, yeah, I some, some really I haven't done stuff, the Titan yeah. the Titan comics. Um, no, no, yeah, I don't know. No. I just I just don't don't think I've really had the time or the inclination to do it. But because I get Doctor Who magazine anyway, I will read the um, the, the the comics yeah, within you, it, and I've always enjoyed a... them. You know, maybe yeah. one or two that have been a little bit questionable, but on the whole. And and they're mostly written by Scott Gray now, aren't they? You know, it's just yes, one guy. And Scott Gray has to be recognised as one of the most brilliantly consistent writers working in Doctor Who fiction. Mm, you can never really mm. see his name out there somewhere, but he, no, he needs to be we, put we on a done. pedestal. Because yeah, contact um, him, yeah. yeah, he's done some really fantastic stories, you know, yeah. and that's not even talking about the artwork and everything else, you know. At the heart of every comic strip, it's got to be a good story, and yeah. and Scott has really dug deep and provided some of the very best. So yeah, so yeah, my thanks to you, Mr. Gray. Um, so just uh, before we uh, probably wrap this one up because it's uh, been quite a long, but but a very enjoyable chat that could probably go on forever. Oh yeah. Um, I just want to read out a couple of uh, go on. other tweets. Let's have some other tweets. Um, books that they've liked so um herald of creation who's at herald of creation there's no end um they've said uh, the cave monsters abominable snowman oh, remembrance God, yeah. of the daleks <gasps> leisure hive city of oh Beth, the leisure hive oh i love um, that one's my favorite and yeah, legopolis prisoner, i love those go on sorry, of the sorry. daleks which which i mentioned um time worm exodus cat's cradle warhead uh, romance oh, of crime oh, yeah. um there's a, there's a big finish um adaptation of that which was which was good i enjoyed that yeah. um and then they've also said dead mm. romance if it's included um not sure what they mean by that um and then ian banks who's at stuff ian likes says <laughs> warrior's gate remembrance <gasps> and battlefield oh, are my favorite warrior's novels. Gate. why did i mention warriors gate because <laughs> there's so many novel. that we can't remember them oh, all um, Ian says I love the writer's tale and the vault yeah. which I mentioned and I yeah. also adore the collected Sixth Doctor comics from DWM mm. that's um, the ones should, yeah. just, should just mention the writer's tale so that was a book um, that was a series of I, I've got it on my shelf here I've never actually read it you've never read it I've sort well, it's, of it's a, for anyone it, who but... doesn't know it's a series of emails mm. uh, between uh, someone at DWM um, and Russell T Davis and um, it charts the um uh, production, I think maybe from the end of series three, or certainly throughout four and the specials. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, like that. and it's it's a fascinating read into the 
well, yeah, the, the production of it all and, um, mm. you know, Russell T. Davis's, um, you know, process for writing, uh, which mostly seemed to be filled with fear and <laughs> um, procrastination and, and, you know, but then he'd, he'd just splurge it all out, you mm. know, and, and and produce wonders, uh, you know. Um, and then, you know, he, he talks about difficulties there for the shoot, like trying to, you know, keep Kylie hidden and, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. And, and things. So it's, it's a fascinating It's like book a historical and, um, document, I suppose, now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it? It, it's really, uh, it really is a good read um, yeah. and very um, eye-opening. Um, in, in um, <sighs> uh, but it would be nice if they. Uh, I mean, I don't know when that one came out in in terms of. There was, um, there was two. There's two versions of. There there was was two, they did an updated version, didn't they? I yeah, think I've got the original one. Right, um, my one's got Russell with David and um, uh, yeah. John Sim on the front, which was the second version. Uh. Um, but it would be great to do, um, you know, a Moffat years one um, and, a, and a Chibnall one. I don't. So what I'm wondering is, I don't know whether he must have released the, the RTD one during his time f- for it to have come out. That's that's one I. That's got. that's the first one where he's that's standing the in the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. Where's yeah. when was this? This was on published in 2008. So that would have been uh, series four. So the revision book, the revised version, must have been as the specials were coming out. Hence, having John John Sim on the front for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I I don't know whether they'll do a, a Moff and a Chibs one. You know, they've they finished now, obviously. And unless uh, it's certainly there's there's nothing from Moff out, I guess, as his time was you know five odd years ago now. But maybe Chibs might have done something that might come out. It'd be be very interesting anyway um so yeah that that's a, a good a good book as well for anyone who's kind of interested in um you know the production side of things as well um so uh, there was another one here from uh, phil creighton who mm. says um as a nipper a copy of the uh, dalek pocketbook and space travelers oh, guide God, yeah. um mm. which he's just he just says devoured um yeah. and um birthday and christmas money saved for doctor who the yeah. celebration which is the one you have pulled numerous mm. targets scoured from jumble sales and new <laughs> as treats um and he says, especially Armada, Doctor Who, uh, in an exciting adventure with the Daleks. Oh, yes, um, that cover. Yeah. So there's there's uh, loads uh, of, of comments here. Um, Lauren, who's at Gallifreyan, uh, my current favourites are the Good Doctor and at Childhood's End that we just referenced. Mm. Uh, I love the plot and the character relationships in the Good Doctor, um, and at Childhood's End was a great intro uh, f- for uh, her to Ace and getting to know her. And the book made me start watching her episodes. Um, and then um, our, our friend Liz, who's at Liz Who fan, says I enjoyed the Witchfinders, particularly the extended yes. ending. Yes, um, and definitely. She also mentions um, Star yeah. Tales, which which has some amazing stories uh, in it, mm. um, which we talked about briefly with Steve Cole. So that's the one that has um, it's got uh, Jodie's Doctor on the front, and it's a series of stories like with um, uh, is it maybe Audrey Hepburn and Elvis and. Right. Uh, various other um, kind of historical uh, names but um, her doctor is kind of the framing device and like 12 is in it and, yeah. and other doctors and stuff kind of when they meet um, you know other, other uh, historical figures um, so that's a good good fun book um, and she also says but my favourite uh, because I'm a shipper uh, is the Stone Rose uh, ah, which I mentioned earlier so <laughs> yeah th- thanks to everyone who um, got in touch about um, the, the books and, and things yeah, there definitely. it was um, 
a really great response so um you know thank you for for all of that so um yeah maybe at some point we'll do another one of these uh paul because um you know there's books coming out all the time so um there you know, there are to, yeah whether i get around to, to reading them all or not i don't know i, I tend to mm. buy books and i buy a lot of books and a lot of times they sit on my shelf until such time as i ever get around to maybe reading them <laughs> i mean I, I i do do that with 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 the Doctor Who books and things, but I'd actually say that. I mean, there's still a bunch of targets on there that I haven't read from the, the latest round. You know, I've right. got the Crimson Horror and the Day the Doctor there, which mm. I haven't read yet. Just waiting for time when I can sort of spend a bit of time on them. But I, I just have to mention very, very quickly, um, some as by way of an honourable mention, right... The um, I mean, we haven't talked about Scratchman or the Douglas Adams adaptations. Oh, yeah, Scratchman is great. You know, yeah. Any of that sort of stuff, and you know the Cricket Man, Sharda, the, mm. these sort. Of, but you know, I have to just mention by honourable mention one of my favourite sci-fi authors, Alistair Harvest Reynolds, yeah. wrote this thing, The Harvest of Time, which is a third Doctor story, and it is absolutely phenomenal. You know, and and it's so great to see that. I mean, Alistair Reynolds, you know, is very successful in his own right. And there was a bunch mm. of these. There was this one. There was Wheel of Ice by Stephen Baxter. There was another one by Michael Moorcock, which I, which I don't yes. have. And there was there was I've this one here. Read that one. But I have to say, I mean, certainly the first two thirds of this novel could have been a massive, big budget, like third Doctor story. Alistair mm. just gets the third Doctor and Joe brilliantly, and the opening chapter on an oil rig, I can just feel it. You know what I mean? I can feel it. I can hear the incidental music. It's an Alf, It's a Malcolm Clark score in my head, so it's weirdly electronically synthesized yeah. and slightly experimental and a bit and, and a little bit strange. And and then it goes on to you know, and this is the benefit of, or maybe the, a good thing about writing a third Doctor, third Doctor Who novel with sort of modern day sensibilities because there's a lot of masters in this book and uh, one of them is most definitely John Sims master and it's so great to see and there's potentially other masters in here as well that we haven't yet seen so I'm not, not going to really. give anything away but say it's the ultimate master novel if that's okay. what you're after right so it's brilliant so that that's my honourable mention uh, just before yeah, that close sounds off. that sounds good. Yeah, there was another one recently which is called I, th I think it was I Am the Master, and that was a series of stories mm. with um, Sasha Dewan's Master, but each of the others as well. Um, and uh, I think someone mentioned that that they they particularly liked that recently. I haven't read that one, but yeah, it was, it's uh, it's worth a read. Honestly, brilliant. Mm. As soon as you start reading this, you know it's it's Alistair Reynolds and it's Doctor Who. If you're a fan of sci-fi and Doctor Who, there's nothing to dislike about this novel. And you know, arguably, it might go off the scale a bit towards the end, but that's just personal taste. You know, it is a brilliant, brilliant read. So, uh, highly uh, recommended. Uh, yeah, sounds worth worth checking out. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this has been great fun talking about books tonight. And um, like we said earlier, we could easily go oh, on. Mate, and, yeah, I'll uh, talk about the books all you day. Know, you, yeah. you've got we could just one book and go into it in detail. But yes. although, let's close, I'll tell you what, I just thought of a question we can close off on, right? If you were only able to save a single book from your Doctor Who collection, what would it be? Oh, so what's your desert island, right? You're uh, on a shipwreck, you've got all your Doctor Who books with you. And as you scramble onto your single plank of wood that is going to save you, you've only got room for one Doctor Who book, even though it's going to be completely waterlogged uh, and unreadable. Uh, but you can't uh, let it go because it means uh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I am particularly fond of Forever Autumn. Yeah. Um, so I, I, what I would do is I'd take that and I'd slip inside it uh, <gasps> one of my 13th Doctor comics. That's, That's not allowed. allowed. Maybe maybe the Christmas rules like that. Christmas thirteenth Doctor. It's made a mockery of my of my ruling there. That's the kind of authority I have in here. (laughs) What would you take? I I I would take, I would have to take. I I would have to take actually a book that we haven't talked about, which is Legopolis, because I don't think I could live without that. It's an absolute cracker. And we talked about Day of the Daleks, or I did anyway, at Great Length. Yeah. So I won't go into Legopolis, except except to say it had possibly more effect on me than Day of the Daleks. It actually oh, really? changed what I was doing in life, and uh, and and you know went some way towards getting me the gig I do today. So yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a cracker that one. Good one. Well, perhaps that's a, a story for another mm. time. Mm. Indeed, we'll, indeed, yes, but yes, it's been an enjoyable things, chat. Yeah. So. So yeah, thank you one, everyone Jeff. who contributed. Appreciate that. Yeah, and, and anyone um, who's still listening, hello again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks uh, for staying and, with us. <laughs> um, yeah, let us know what books you've liked, and um, you know if, if we've uh, mentioned anything tonight that you haven't read that you want to check out. Let us know what you think of it. Yeah, It'd be great yeah. to Do hear that. if anyone uh, takes inspiration from anything. So thanks as always for listening and for sticking with us and um, keep your ears uh, tuned to our channel and um, we'll be back very tuned? soon. 